This week we will discuss school projects, bureaucracy, environmentalism, and very poor decision making. So it's literally like every single other episode we've done? Pretty much. Welcome back. Hello and welcome to Circle Yerk, an Animorphs podcast. I'm Barry. I'm Shani. Shani, may the Kendrona shine and strengthen you. What is it we do here on Circle Yerk? We don't get like a big old silly little opening. I was going to do, well, they're, they're not big, they're just like one-liners, but... Oh, no one-liner. I didn't, I didn't have one this week. I want to cut, cut right to it. I will talk, I will be talking to the manager afterwards. <laughs> Well, this is uh, an Animorphs podcast where you read and recap the books to me. I don't make faces at me when I'm trying to focus on this thing that I get every single time wrong. Um, you read and recap the books to me. We have not read the books before, and I react and remember nothing between episodes. Excellent. Shani, before we get into questions, I would like to... Wait, how are there questions? We ha- we're starting a new book. Things happened in the last episode. But that was like weeks ago. <laughs> oh, God. Before we get to it, uh, I would like to thank the listener who wrote in to correct me when I talked about nom de plumes when I should have said noms de plume. That is correct. That is the kind of pedantry that I go for. <laughs> uh, yes, it's one of those weird words like mothers-in-law or passers-by where you kind of shift the s a bit so thank you for pointing that out it's literally french like that's where it comes from yeah uh i was thinking about it in relation to creme brulee the other day like literally is it creme's brulee i think it's creme's brulee oh i'm gonna start using that at my restaurant sound fancy (laughs) have fun this week shani we have one question pass or fail Uh uh-oh take your time and work it out now i wrote this question before we recorded last week's episode where you knocked it out of the park, so I actually think you might do pretty good. I have no faith in myself. Please translate the following sentence from Andalite to English. Oh, God. My Shorm, an Arist, who was an Estrine, flipped the Geertmoff next to the Derishol with his Shorm before becoming a Mardrut Nothlet. What the fuck? Okay, give me, give me the first part. My Shorm, mm-hmm. an Arist, who was an Estrine. Okay. Your friend, your your bestie. Yep, yep, yep. Who is... Arist is... Oh, fuck. Ah! It's, it's like... It's like a, a type of Andalite of something. Mm, I'll give you... A, I'll, oh, I'll, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Is it like the trickster thing? No. I don't remember what that is, but uh, Estrine is the one who's really good at morphing. Right, I'll give you a little, I'll give you a little, vi- it's a visual clue, so it's, I don't know why I'm doing a it's, podcast. It's really entertaining for, for the listener, listeners. Oh, like a soldier? Warrior? Cadet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So my Shorm, an Arist, who was an Estrine. Really good at morphing. Right, right. This is... This, Flipped the Geertmoff next to the Derishol with his shorm. A Derishol is a tree. Yeah! Geertmoff. So, for that, that's that's a tough one. 
Just just use context clues for that one. Use context clues. Is hold on flipped? Yes. Is that like a? I'm like the only things I can think of is like of some kind of a vessel, like a ship. No, no, much, much, much smaller. A coin? No, no, no. I don't know. A light switch? A, a switch? Yeah, a oh. type of switch. Flipped a switch near a tree. Yeah, because they're in the dome ship. Okay. In my in my in my mind, with okay. his shorm. With his blade tail. Tail blade. Very good. And the final part of the sentence, before becoming a Marjroot Nothlet. Before becoming a... You're so close. You're doing so good. <sighs> Is it like someone who betrayed like an unwanted person? I don't know. So do you remember what a Nothlet is? No, of course not. The cl- Well, you got it last week. The clue was... One of the Animorphs is a Nothlet. A teenager? Well, they're all teenagers, but only one of them is a Nothlet. Oh, one of them who's, who's stuck as... Right. In a, in a morph. Right. So if this is a Mardrut Nothlet... I don't know what Mardrut is. Whoop, whoop, whoop. What, what the hell is that? No, just tell me. Just tell me. You're one word off. It kills me. Just tell me. So my bestie, who is a cadet was also a professional talented morpher uh-huh. flipped the switch next to the tree with his tail blade before becoming stuck in the form of a marine animal that exists on one of the moons of the Andalite homeworld. Well, the problem is that that sentence just makes no sense in, e- in English either. So. Yeah, it does. Nope. Okay. Okay. We yeah. Can, we can... It's grammatically sound. <laughs> okay. Today, Shawnee, we will be discussing the beginning of The Secret, the ninth-ish book in Catherine Applegate and Michael Grant's Animorphs series. Is this the one where you, like, put your thoughts out into the universe and then you visualize them and then they become true, like you're manifesting your future? That's the very first joke I have right here. I was going to say, it doesn't start (laughs) off with, hi, my name is Cassie. It talks about the power of positive thinking. We've been together for too long. (laughs) I love it. This is a Cassie book, so buckle in. Oh, God. Although I wait, let me go get some coffee. I do feel like Cassie would totally be into that. The secret, the book about no, it's wishing things to happen. It's way more of a Rachel thing. Way more of a Rachel thing. Oh, I could see that as well. Yeah, I think the secret is one of those books where if someone tells me they're reading it, I try to avoid them for the next month until the annoyance wears off. Just a month. Because I will just choose the rest of their natural life. Yeah, there there are a, a lot of books like that where someone's like, "Oh, hey, I'm reading Rich Dad Poor Dad." I'm like, oh, "Okay, oh, please don't." Yeah, yeah, Ugh. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna just ignore your calls for a little while. Most books written by men. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Or not. Oh, the yeah. Fountainhead that also turns people into assholes for a brief window. Uh, yeah. Okay, but that's like one terrible asshole of a woman writing a book versus like 90 percent of all books written by men yeah i think what are, what are some other books that i think the alchemist i oh. want to stay away from you for a while i mean anything colleen hoover has written particularly it ends with us is one of those i don't know what that is oh it's terrible um 
I want to say a lot of David Foster Wallace. Oh, yes. Yeah, I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking like uh, Ishmael. People read that and they're like, oh, man, all we have to do is not be the takers. I've solved all the problems in the world. Oh, so you mean like that they like change their behavior. See, I was like, they make it their whole personality. Right, right. As like... They're, they become like pretentious assholes, but maybe that's right. Just like, like it's all they talk about with their coworkers, and then start a podcast about it. <laughs> anyway, this book, the Animorphs book, The Secret, <laughs> opens with Rachel and Cassie uh, staying after school. You see, they're doing a class project involving a rat in a maze, and they're having a difficult time getting the rat named Courtney to cooperate. Why don't they just turn into rats and go help Courtney out of the maze? So. They end up turning into rats. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't be the opening of an Animorphs book without a terrible decision. Yep. I actually had a few pet rats when I was in college. Uh, see, yeah, people have that reaction. But rats, like, if they're on a certain level of, like, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, they're just, like... Cute and sweet and cuddly, like in, in. Do you know what the what Maslow's hierarchy of needs is? Yes, I tell I tell people in Boston I have pet rats, and they're just used to the, to the you know monsters that you see in the alleyways that try to mug you downtown. Yeah, but like when rats are like taken care of and have a home and well fed, and they're just like cute, cuddly, pleasant little creatures. That's not my problem. My problem is they're like l- weird little feet. Oh, the cute little feet and tail? Ugh. Yeah, just I had... naked, weird sticks. I had Topanga, Asterisk, and Mitch all together. They were my, my, <laughs> my rats, and I had to give them away when I moved uh, out, out of Pennsylvania. It made me very sad. But this project is important to Cassie because her grades are failing. What with the whole being a child soldier in an intergalactic war thing. Finally, I am vindicated. Yes, yes. I do remember it was the beginning of the capture where there was a symbol like, oh, they're not doing too well in chemistry when they're fighting guerrilla warfare against aliens. Mm -hmm. Courtney, the rat, was supposed to figure her way through the maze, which has some tasty treats at the end. And Cassie and Rachel are like, why can't she do that? Now, I never had any fun, cool school projects like this. Oh. Because we were too busy talking about how if you masturbated, it was the equivalent of... Of you personally driving the nails into Jesus' hands and feet. I love how this is like slowly, when it's not the Dresden, Dresden Files or... <laughs> Dresden Files Files. Oh, whatever. Um, this is like you just grappling with tiny slivers of your religious trauma. Oh, it was because that, well, then they would immediately go to say, oh, and that same Jesus on the cross. It wasn't an invitation whose, to whose continue, nails Barry. You just nails you just drove into him by, by touching yourself. That's the same Jesus that was the baby in the manger in Bethlehem. So really, if you touch your pee-pee, you're torturing a baby to death. So it was real real healthy. It didn't fuck me up at all. Sounds great. You want to hear about like really fun projects that I did yeah, in, in I, like a first world country I with an really edu- sophisticated education system? Yes. So I went to like an engineering specific high school. And I so there was a track for biology, chemistry, uh, physics, and math. And I was in the biology track and our biology teacher was a really big hunter. So when we were doing, I don't remember what course it was, but it was like, had to do something with anatomy or probably it didn't knowing this guy. He, he took down an elk 
and he would dress them himself and all that. Oh, nice. And what kind of clothes? Please leave. For one of our biology classes, he just brought the elk's heart. And I don't know if you've ever seen an elk's heart, like a fully grown male elk heart. You can put your fist through his aorta. Wow. He just held it up like, Kalima, Kalima. Honestly, that's not far off. (laughs) That is not far off. Um, But we also did, I also did like a biology excursion, like a marine biology weekend intensive. That was super fun. We just fished for like a weekend. I missed out on so much. Oh, I also went to Rome uh, on a, like, like, it was like a history of Rome, ancient Roman history course, and we, like, ate pasta and drank wine and wandered around the ruins for, like, five days with our history teachers. It was great. We were also all 18, so we could also, like, just drink wine, and nobody cared. It was (laughs) great. It was so, so much better than being threatened with baby killing masturbation. Yeah, it was awful. Well, it sounds like you had a good time, much like Rachel and Cassie are having a good time putting Courtney through this maze. Rachel has a simple solution that you suggested, just morph into Courtney, and then you can figure out what the problem is. Now, I will definitely have Animorphs bingo cards printed out by the time we do the next episode. Okay. I've gotten some amazing suggestions. Thank you, everyone. But this would have been a good one for the book opens with them making a really stupid decision square. <laughs> Cassie's like... We're not supposed to morph unless it's absolutely necessary. You do it all the time. Yeah, I'm like, or unless you want to help free a bird friend during the filming of a live TV commercial, or if you want to fuck with an elephant trainer, or if you want to spy on your barn animals in the middle of the night, or if you want to fly around to fuck with some rednecks, (laughs) or if you just want to chill with some dolphins, or if you want to break into your friend Darlene's pool party, or if you're an alien and you want to watch the first half of Star Trek Generations with your buddies. But other than that, only when it's totally necessary. (laughs) Come on! Yeah, it does happen a lot. Well, Cassie's like, okay, but you have to morph with me, Rachel. Rachel's like, why? Why do I have to do it too? Cassie's like... Remember Joseph? Oh, God. The elephant trainer? I helped you with that. Now you help me. You owe me one. But supposedly they're like in a high school biology class yes. as this is happening. No, no. It's just the two of them stayed after school oh. working on this project together. Oh, God. I got it. Got it. So Rachel begrudgingly agrees, even though it makes no sense. Like, it makes more sense for one of them to be a human lookout than for them to both be rats. But whatever. They acquire Courtney and start shrinking into their clothes she turns pink sprouts fur her face bulges out in front of her her nose and tail but this is the problem though like if you're doing an actual scientific experiment you're supposed to be just observing what happens naturally you're not supposed to be like influencing the outcome well no they're observing it naturally firsthand yeah well but you are no it's not it's not (laughs) She goes in and smells all sorts of smells, including the nuts and seeds, at the end of the maze. The instincts of the rat were basically just be hungry and afraid. <laughs> and there was a blowjob joke in there somewhere. <sighs> nuts and seeds. Uh, yeah, okay, okay. But since rats are pretty smart, uh, it wasn't too hard to control. They have like a certain level of intelligence, which I guess gosh, she's not worried about Apparently morphing not. into intelligent creatures right now. Uh, one of the suggestions that someone wrote in for Animorphs Bingo that I loved was uh, Cassie's morals wavering. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. 
So they were running along the floor. They passed legs of chairs, which to them were the size of... Tree trunks! Trees! Uh, They ran up a little ramp that Rachel set up for them to climb up into the maze with the real Courtney. She realizes when she's there, she can no longer smell the nuts. She also notices there's this breeze. She looks up, she sees a ceiling fan that's right above her that was blowing the scents of the treats away. So she's like, oh, we found the solution to the problem. All we have to do now is demorph, turn off the fan, and conduct the experiment. Problem solved. But just then they hear a crash. I was going to say, this is getting so boring. The sound of menacing laughter and footsteps. Chapman? Two boys wander into the room, talking about how they should exterminate these rats. What? Yeah. The kids start lifting the maze and shaking it, and all three rats come out. And these bullies grab a broom and start whacking at the rats with it. I found the um, school shooters to be. Yeah, right? That's the first... uh, yeah. First symptom is, uh, is is harming animals. Yeah. Well, Cassie and Rachel are getting swatted at the broom, uh, getting swatted at by the broom, which to them is the size of a pine tree. We're really Specific. utilizing the anamorph measurement system a I lot can't in wait. this book. I can't wait to uh, say something is the size of Delaware in this episode. Well, they're running away, trying to escape. They jump on the table, and then Rachel's like, nah, fuck these guys. <laughs> And runs towards the kids. Cassie runs behind her and is like, all right, fine, whatever. And they run up their pant legs, digging their claws into the kids' skin as they climb up into their pants. This Is this the literal cat stole my underpants episode? <laughs> no, it is not. But what's funny is after our last episode, I reached um, an episode of One Piece mm-hmm. where... It was literally oh my God. A, uh, the guy Frankie. The whole episode was like, get Frankie's underwear. Like Oof. after we recorded. And I'm like, oh, this is the thing we do. Yeah. Now, if a rat or any animal like that crawls up my pant leg, there is a 0% chance of it surviving the encounter. Like it, it is going to die. Why? Because I would freak out and kill it. Oh, okay. But they, what did you think? Because my nuts smell. No. no. I didn't say that. They shot back down the boys' legs as they were running off. They demorphed, and the girls never saw Courtney again. They think she's living somewhere in the walls of the school. (laughs) The name being Courtney is so funny. I do love that. I also just love, like, a Courtney POV book. (laughs) Like, everything's like, the humans are back, but they're turned into animals. (laughs) Then they say they left to go give Rachel's sister a perm. And that's how the chapter ends. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> a little a little specificity to it. Yeah, but also, like, you could have just ended the chapter if it didn't. Right, like, right. You, that you was need, a weird... That was a weird extra strategy. <laughs> that night, Jake called another meeting of all the Animorphs at Cassie's barn. Cassie was taking care of an injured raccoon while she was waiting for the others to arrive. What She's, are the raccoon's injuries? I would like to know, please. Yeah, you know, I don't remember. <sighs> I'm sure it was like they were hit by a car or something. Oh, see, I was hoping that they'd been stabbed in an alley fight. <laughs> Why? I don't know. May, raccoons seem like they would get into alley fights. Oh, yeah, just like switchblades. Yeah. Well, it's because they got that little mask. They look like criminals. Yeah. yeah. They look like little uh, grimaces. No, not grimaces. Uh, Hamburglers. Yeah. Cassie is wearing her overalls and boots, and Rachel, the shopaholic, arrives first and teases her a little about her attire. Oh, did you get that at Banana Republic? What? 
like her boots and overalls. Like she was making a little joke. Like, oh, you don't, you, where'd you get that? But Banana Republic is like a fine store. It's not like she's shopping at like Tractor Supply. No, that that was the joke. Like you didn't go to Banana Republic. That's what she's making. I think oh. she's making fun of Cassie for like not having a fashion sense. Cassie yep. tells the readers that Rachel is beautiful and fearless, like Xena, warrior princess. <laughs> and now I'm like, damn, I've got to have these bingo cards already. Seriously? We would have marked three off. Marco and Jake walk in. They're having a huge argument about who would win in a fight, Batman or Spider-Man. Ooh, now sick. that it's the ninth book, there are no more relaunches. No more corrected animal facts. No more updated pop culture references. Those were just the first six or seven books. Mm-hmm. So from here on out, it's only Spider-Man. <laughs> Which is a dumb question, because Batman would kick his ass. They are in the same universe. They're not. Oh, they're Batman not. is DC, Spider-Man is Marvel. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Batman is Superman. Correct. Got it. Homer, who we haven't seen in a while, is walking with Jake. Dumb dog. Cassie says, if we had a leader, it would be Jake. I think, I think Homer should be That's a leader. great way of describing him. Yeah, you think Homer should be in charge? I think he should be in charge. <laughs> Golden Retriever, right? Or was that just in the episode no, that I we think, watched? I think it may have been. Yeah. He's definitely, in the TV show, he's definitely a golden retriever. We're not supposed to talk about that yet. We'll we'll get to our, our TV show episode. I'm, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Cassie talks about how she like likes Jake. Uh-oh. Jake then looks in Cassie and says, hey, I heard this weird story at school today about a couple of guys getting attacked by two rablats. Rablats? Rab- lab- blah. <laughs> Rablats? Two lab rats. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. No. But Cassie's like, oh, well, I didn't hear anything about that. Um, So anyway, <laughs> but Jake knows it was them. They're trying of to keep course. it from him. Yeah. Tobias comes in through the loft and says hello. Apparently they were all gathered there because Axe and Tobias made a huge discovery and wanted to tell the group about it. After telling Tobias to shut the fuck up, Marco <laughs> asks, hey, where's Axe at? What? Okay. Tobias says he can't make it. He's keeping an eye on the situation. Marco's like, from Jersey Shore? No. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> He's actually doing really well lately. Why do you know this? I, I was sitting somewhere, like a waiting room, and he was promoting his book, and it's all about like... I thought he was in prison. He's, no, he's like sober and living a good life. I think he found Jesus or some shit. I'm pretty sure he was in prison like two years ago. Could have been, but no, he's, he's, he's living That would dream. make sense with the sobriety and the Jesus then, though. But Marco's like, yeah, no, what what situation? Tobias explains. There is a logging company setting up shop in the middle of the forest behind Cassie's house. Really leaning into this tree th- thing to this episode. <laughs> well, Cassie's like upset because, oh, big bad logging company, but the others don't really care that much. But Tobias tells them the logging company set up a base of operations that is surrounded by a force field and has armed guards walking around the perimeter. Ooh. Right, this ain't no regular logging company. Is it Visser 3? Visser Tree? Oh, there's <laughs> the name of the episode. Marco says, yeah, but why would the Yerks start a logging operation? That doesn't make sense. But Cassie understands why right away. She says they're trying to destroy a habitat. Mm. Marco's like, what, they want to destroy deer and owls, places to live? Marco says, what, they want to destroy where the deers and owls live? Cassie says, no, they want to destroy the habitat of a much more endangered species. Humans. Just kidding. What? 
Andalites. Oh. They know that Andalites live in forests in Rome. As Marco points out, they can't exactly rent a room if they're Andalite bandits. Yeah. So it makes sense that the uh, the Irks are going to try some deforestation in order to, you know, smoke out the Andalite bandits. That's uh, got, got a slow strategy. What a good plan, though, on Vistor's three part. Like, we don't know where they are. Let's just destroy where they probably live. He's so smart. <laughs> you have a crush on Visser 3. You know it. Out of control. Rachel's like, okay, cool. Let's go kick their asses. Oh, okay, Rachel. I love Rachel's like, let's let's go get him attitude. But Marco's like, no, no, they're expecting us. Think about it. If they think we're Andalites, we live in the forest, they know that we're going to try to come and stop them. That's why they have the force field. We can't just try to morph into something and sneak in. We have to be smart about this. So, yeah, the Yerks are going hunting, and it's Andalite season. <laughs> if any strange group of animals just shows up, they're going to be expecting it, and they're going to be ready. Do you think that um, the Yerks have a like little banner that they unfurl, like in uh, like Elmer Fudd does? It's with duck. Oh, duck. yeah, it's duck hunting season. Right, Yoik season. Yoik. Andalite season. Yoik season. Fire. <clears throat> yeah. Well, something is bothering Cassie about this. She says, "Yeah, but." How do they get a permit to do logging in a national forest? Let me guess. They pulled a Ron Swanson and they wrote <laughs> it on a post-it and it says, I do what I want. I, I can do what I want to. Well, Marco's like, uh, who gives a fuck? <laughs> Which is a good point. Cassie's like, well, they must have gotten a permit or else the police and the rangers would be here giving them a hard Cassie, time. Cassie, Cassie, Cassie. My sweet summer child. <laughs> the police are controlled by the Yerks. Well, as we learned... Only yeah, 10%, only I 10%. know. 10%. Yeah, she's thinking they must have gotten permission to set up this logging camp, but the others could not possibly care less about bureaucracy and paperwork. Jake says, okay, the best plan is to split up, go in different morphs, because a group of five of the same animal would be very sus. Mm -hmm. So he teams up with Cassie and Marco, because he's pissed that, like, Rachel and Cassie did the whole rap thing together, so he wants to split them up. <laughs> yeah. They were... What? But later on, Cassie and Marco are on the edge of the farm together. They hide their clothes and morph into wolves as the sun starts to set. Mm -hmm. They run deep into the woods. Jake, Tobias, and Rachel are flying above them as birds. They make it to this building, and they sniff around. It's a two-story log building with spotlights everywhere. There are men with automatic rifles guarding the perimeter, and they can't smell anything that's inside the building because of the force field. Ooh, okay. Just then, they heard some stealthy movement behind them, and there was a spotlight on them immediately. So, and not, the sound... so, so not such stealthy movement? Well, well, the sound of gunfire. Oh. Right, the Yerks were ready for them. Marco was right. There are some explosions in the trees above them, and things start to fall towards them. Giant steel nets with heavy weights at the end. The Yerks are, like, ready. Yeah. Cassie tries to run. One of the nets kind of hits her in the back, but she... Gets out without getting caught. In addition to the gunfire, there's like red dracon beams shooting at them in their direction. It's It vaporized a tree that was just in front of her. A tree? Yeah, lots <laughs> of trees. She turns and sees Marco. He's trapped under one of the nets. So she tries to lift the nets up with her jaw, but she can't. Marco's trying to get out, but he's struggling. The net's holding him down. He's completely trapped. And the guards are running towards them. It would be so convenient if they could just go from morph to morph. Yeah. 
would be so convenient. Yeah, but that would be lazy writing. It's nice that they have to stop and become human first. So, just then, something rushes towards them from the other direction, and sparks fly out where its tail blade sliced through the steel net only inches from Marco's face. Axe man! Axe to the rescue! Marco takes off through the hole in the net, and Cassie and Axe run away with him. They're being shot at by what Cassie describes as good old-fashioned human gunfire. <laughs> because, after all, they are American school children. <laughs> they all escape. They make it back to the edge of the forest near Cassie's farm and meet up with the rest of the team. They reiterate that the Yerks are taking the forest as an attempt to find and kill these Andalite bandits. And Cassie has a truly Cassie moment and says, Yeah, but you know, we're not the only ones that matter here. I understand that Tobias and Axe live in the forest, but even if they didn't, think about all the animals that live in the forest. <sighs> there isn't going to be any animals in, like, 20 minutes. Right. It's, it's so stupid. Marco then says, hey, cut cut the Mother Earth bullshit. I wasn't almost shot at with a Dracon beam so I could save Bambi. <laughs> Cassie says, humans aren't the only animals that matter, you know. Even if we weren't here, the forest would still be important. Marco is like, I don't give a fuck about the forest. I just want to protect <laughs> my friends. Jake gets in between them and is like, hey, whatever our reasons are for protecting the forest... We can all agree we need to get together and stop this operation. Yeah. So Cassie gets, like, annoyed at Jake because she felt like he was taking Marco's side, which is literally the opposite of what he did. Like, for the first time in this series of books, what do you want, book nine? For the first time, Jake did something that showed a bit of leadership. Yeah. Like, he's like, hey, at least we could agree on this. Let's work together. Tobias is like, yeah, we need some plan to stop them. And Rachel says... Can we just blow them up? I was going to say, how are they going to blow anything up? But Axe also did invent, like, some super telescope. So I feel like he probably has it in him. Ah, I think that would be a violation of Ciro's kindness. I don't think he would do that. What if you don't tell anyone? (laughs) I know, I know. But I love Rachel's, like, first instinct is always just, like, blow them up, fight them. Let's get them destroyed. Like, I love what she's turning into. I feel like Rachel might be the school shooter. (laughs) No. She would use knives. (laughs) Marco suggests that if they steal some of their trucks they could like ram them into the building through the force field Marco stay away from the trucks right right. your your driving record is not right appropriate hopefully there were no mailboxes around or else he'd hit them all first seriously but uh, Axe tells him like no the, the force field you couldn't get a truck through Cassie's like yeah but I still want to know how they got permission to... S- Marco's like, Nobody shut the fuck cares. off. Who shut the fuck up, Cassie. <laughs> Tobias is like, well, listen, we need to find a way in somehow. If we get in, we could we could find out about their operation, how they got these permits, whatever. Rachel says, I don't think we have any morphs big enough to force our way through. Cassie says, we don't need a big morph. We need a really small one. Later that night, Cassie returns home and her dad is there tells her that they got a call from the highway patrol that there's a certain animal on the side of the road that they want him to go and look at. A certain animal? This certain animal needs some care. He'll drive, but when they get there, Cassie could take care of that certain animal. Cassie sighs, 
because she knows exactly what it was. There is only one animal her father is scared of. It has to be a skunk. <laughs> one time he was sprayed in the face six times by a skunk. Ever since then, it's the only animal he won't touch. <laughs> he'll like he'll help bears, but he won't go near a skunk. Skunks are like far too cute for their smell though. Well, we oh. will we will talk about that in a moment. So they take off in their brand new pickup truck. Oh, did insurance cover the Marco's little joyride? What do you mean? The truck got stolen. Oh, or at least I mean, that's yeah. what Cassie's father believes. Uh, Marco did steal it, so yeah. that's not inaccurate. Which shows that the, me- sorry, the Megamorphs <laughs> are canon. But yeah, so brand new truck, thanks, thanks to Marco. And they reach the spot where the skunk was spotted, which happens to be right near the logging camp. And Cassie's like, oh, this is kind of fucked up that... I'm going right back to the place with my dad where I almost got captured and killed like an hour ago. Interesting. Yeah, I want to be these kids' therapists in about five yeah. years. After looking around for about 20 or so of your Earth minutes, Cassie finds the wounded skunk. She knows how to read skunk body language, so she like gently <laughs> creeps it. No, like, no, like you know how to do with dogs? Like a skunk. Like if its okay. tail is pointed at you, maybe don't go to it. Okay. But the skunk is shaking, it's acting afraid, and Cassie sees why. There's a burn mark across its back in the shape of a perfect semicircle. Oh. It got hit by one of the Dracon beams earlier. Oh. She feels bad that the skunk got wrapped up in Animorph business, lifts it up carefully, and takes it back to her barn. Fun fact! I was listening to this part of the audiobook for the first time on my drive back from... Millinocket, like two of your Earth months ago. Yeah. And I was at this part in the book where I smelled a skunk while I was driving, which I thought was really cool. It was like really? an immersive experience. I'm like, oh, <laughs> is this an audio book or an olfactory book? <laughs> it was just, I thought it was really fun. Like they started talking about the skunk and I'm like, oh, weird. Are you sure you didn't just fart? I did not just fart. Okay. Which, however, does bring me to another topic. And this is a little personal. Shawnee, I have been keeping a secret from you. I swear to God, if you got a skunk for us as a pet, no, I, no, will, no. I will be forced to divorce you. No, no, but I have been keeping a very personal secret from everyone. I have never told anyone this before because it is so embarrassing. You're terrified of skunks? No, the opposite. I like the smell of skunks. Really? Yeah, it's not like I don't mind it. I genuinely enjoy the skunk smell. I don't know what's wrong with me. Many things. But whenever, I, like, I always had to fake it. Like, you know that video of, like, when the one guy gets in the elevator, but everyone oh, else yeah. is going standing backwards, he turns around too? Whenever anyone's like, ew, a skunk smell. My whole life, I've always been like, yeah, ew. <laughs> <sighs> oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I enjoy the smell of skunks. Wow. Well, I, I Google this to see if it was a thing. It's not. There is a Facebook group that I found that I joined called I Love the Smell of Skunks. Love is capitalized. It is not a very active group, but it is nice to know that I am not alone. What would the conversation on that page be like? There's a lot of skunk memes. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's nice to have some community. 
I don't know what to tell you. Now my secret is out. <laughs> Congratulations. Well, the next day, they meet up at the mall, including Axe, who's there in his human morph. Cassie tells us they do this thing where they try to pretend like they just run into each other because they don't want to be seen as, like, a group of kids that are together, like, just to be safe. Like, when they see each other at the mall, they're like, oh, what are you doing here? <laughs> like, to... But then they hang out, or do they just say hi? No, no, they're like, oh, well, while you're here, have a seat. Nice to meet you. Like, so, like... They, in, in order to not hang be seen hanging out together, they... They pretend that each they, time they hang out together, it's, oh, you're here, but we'll yeah, have a seat. But then they hang out. Anyway, okay? Yeah, but it's like, it, it, they I, make it look more organic, sure, I guess. Sure. Yeah. They say they, they, they make sure to go on with things in their daily lives regularly, like Marco and Jake play basketball, and the Sleece Troll at the Netherfjord, Cassie and Rachel go shopping, things that, like, that, that, that the Yerks wouldn't look at them and suspect them of anything. Hmm. Rachel drags Cassie along with her shopping. They go to the Limited, The Gap, Banana Republic, and other stores. <laughs> Rachel has some sixth sense, she says, about where the sales are going on. Because, as we know, Rachel might be a girl math. <laughs> Do you remember, was it the early the early aughts uh, where the CEO of JCPenney almost bankrupt the company? Do you know about this story? Uh, no, but I I do ha- like know a former CEO of J C Penney through oh, work. It's I wonder not, if it's it, the same person. It's not. It's not because he's the one who pulled J C Penney out of bankruptcy. Okay, so the person before that person yeah. um, got tired of all the quote unquote fake prices, as do I, because like everything, like instead of having this shirt's twenty dollars, it would be a. This twenty dollars shirt is normally a hundred dollars. Mark down eighty percent. You pay twenty, mm-hmm. and that, he's like, "Why don't we just make things at everyday low prices?" And people were like, "Fuck that! I want girl math." <laughs> and nobody shopped at J.C. Penney because even though everything was the price, price low, prices didn't change. They, well, they didn't feel like they were getting a deal. Yeah, which is hilarious because yep. twenty dollars shirt is a twenty dollars shirt. Yeah. But people are like, no, I want you to lie to me and make me feel better about this purchase. Well, that's like Marshalls and TJ Maxx. Where, right, where, right. Where it's like, oh, compare at whatever. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah. Every time, I, so I get my work shirts from H&M mm-hmm. and I go to the rack and they're like $70. I'm like, I don't even pay attention to that. I'm like, it's gonna, they're going to be like 30 Like, I, I, don't, I don't know why they even advertise this price. This yeah. is silly. They talk about how Rachel was fondling a sweater. Ew. I'm like, have they been spending some time around Shawnee? <laughs> I don't fondle sweaters. It's been a while, so yeah. I don't fondle sweaters. So they talk about... So yeah, after they're all together at the food court, they talk about how they have to morph into something small to get into the logging operation, but they all agree, no ants. God, no fucking ants. No <laughs> ants. Thank you. Um, remember they do that thing where they're, they're running into each other? Yeah. And so Axe is like, hello, I am Prince Jake's cousin Philip from out of town. 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 Hello, Hello, fellow youths. (laughs) How do you do? Hello, fellow humans. He fits right in. But they talk about how each of the controllers has a transponder that allows them to pass through the force field. Rachel's like, great, we get one of them, we go in, we fuck shit up. A Yerk easy pass. Right, pretty much. 
But Axe is like, no, those are keyed into each user's individual biosignature. It wouldn't work for us to steal it. I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. What if they morph into like, in my mind, I'm like, well, just morph into a flea, go mm-hmm. on their head. Yeah, you're small enough to get in. Yeah, I, I don't know how it would work. That was my thought. But Jake uh, mentions that Tobias saw that they were taking some logs out through the force field and there were some termites on the logs. And there were also some termite holes at the base of the log cabin. Cassie's like, that That sounds a lot like ants, Jake. It sounds a lot <laughs> like ants. I don't want to do ants. Jake's like, no, no, I looked up some information on the internet about termites. Oh, on the internet? Yes. They're not as vicious as ants. Oh, that's the, 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 I read in a book once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I know. Um, it's, it's not been the internet before. Right. But if they're from the same colony, they, they'd fit right in. They wouldn't get attacked the way they did when they were ants. Okay. Yeah. No, it, it is funny. This is, I think, the first mention of the internet. And at this this was 97. Yeah. I first got the internet in 96. Yeah. I think it's so cool being, like, the last pre-internet generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's also apparent. I was, like, I was reading about this. And um, people roughly our age who are in their late 30s and early 40s for you, uh, we are the last because of because of us being the last generation or like we've lived during this like big upheaval of technology we are going to be the most technologically savvy because we've had to adapt so quickly to so many big different technological oh, yeah. changes if i want to sound super fucking old to someone i tell them that i took a typing class in high school i did too They're like, yeah but like the fact that we had to learn yeah. How to type is yeah. wild because people are like, you know, they just. Yeah. But now yeah. it's like Gen Z and stuff who've always had the internet. They don't know shit. They don't. They right. Have, they have no technological savvy. They've never had to fix a printer. Right. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> I just imagine the, the, the termite website he's on in 1997. It's, it would have like some MIDI playing in the background. It's definitely a GeoCity site. Yeah, yeah. That's someone like who's in there in like fifth Termite grade. Fan XX. Yeah. <laughs> it would have one of those little counters at the bottom. You are the seventeenth visitor. Yeah. And then uh the cursor changes into a little termite. Yes, yes. I'm just realizing that I have no idea what termites look like. The little under construction GIF. Oh yeah. With, <laughs> with the termite. Uh, do you know that the original website for the 1996 film space jam it's still up it's still up unchanged yeah i love that little bit of history mm-hmm. anyway cassie's still freaking out but jake said cassie's right it's important to figure out how they got permission to log there and the best way to do that is to morph inside a termite to get in the cabin so again the gang's really hesitant to morph into termites but Jake pulls one out of a little glass vial he has in his pocket. See, Tobias got it for him and from when they cleared out some of the logs from the camp today. And he said, we're only going to do this if everyone agrees to do it. Well, of course, right away, Rachel grabs the vial and was like, fuck yeah, let's do this shit. Because <laughs> she's Rachel. She has impulse control issues. She reminds me a lot of, um, I forget which brother's character it was, but Magnus from the Adventure Zone series that was like the hardest i've ever cried (laughs) listening to a podcast was some magnus moments but the whole thing is like magnus rushes in Uh, i'm getting teary-eyed actually thinking 
about the last Magnus Rushes In. That will be my media recommendation for the week. Uh, the Adventure Zone balance arc. Uh, if you want to get into it, though, don't Google or look up anything. It is real easy to accidentally get spoilers. Um, but yeah, if you want to sit and listen to three really funny white dudes play Dungeons & Dragons with their dad, that's a, it's a great, great podcast. I feel like you shouldn't say things like, it's a podcast that I've cried the hardest to. Implying that there are multiple podcasts that you've cried to. <laughs> yeah, there is some like... But here's the funny thing. Like, none of them are like true crime podcasts. They're all like really good like works of fiction that have an emotional reaction. Wolf 359 bawled like a baby at the end of that. Dude, it's just it's just funny because I, I listen to like a gruesome true crime stuff as most of my podcasts that I consume. I used to listen to a lot more than I do these days, but I don't think I've ever cried at a podcast. I mean, have you ever cried from a book? Sometimes. It's the same fucking thing. It's a story. It's an emotional story that's told well. Okay. So, they each acquire a termite. That night, Cassie tries to do her homework and focus on her chores as usual, but it's hard to focus when they might be going to their doom that night. That's literally every day. Yeah. She walks out of the barn where her dad's taking care of the heavily sedated skunk. He can't figure out what caused such a clean burn scar. Whatever it was was so hot that it cauterized the wound. I'm like, oh, now we know. Dracon beams are hot. We talked about that once before, mm -hmm. but now it's confirmed. Cassie's dad says of the skunk, well, she'll live, but I wish I could say the same for her kids. Aww. Cassie's like, what? She had little skunk babies? Skunky babies. Her dad's like, yeah, nature's rough sometimes, but they won't survive out there on their own. Oh, I thought that Kendrona aborted the babies. No, no. Oh, no, right, Dracon beams. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Cassie hates the idea of these poor little baby skunks out there that are either going to starve to death waiting for their mother or be eaten by predators. She says, Dad, is it okay if I stay at Rachel's tonight? They're doing that. What's it called? It's It's a parent trapping thing, but... There's a, no one, like, I'll tell your mom you'll be at my place, and you tell them you'll be at your place. What is the term for that? Uh, being a teenager? Yeah, yeah. So she can't get the thought of those poor baby skunks out of her head, and she starts thinking of the recurring nightmares she had about when they turned into ants. She starts to have, like, a little anxiety attack when her father leaves. She reaches her hand into the mama skunk's cage and acquires the skunk morph. How many times are we going to talk about the fact that they were supposed to not acquire and try out new morphs alone? Yep. Put that on the bingo card. Oh, uh, it is. Oh, excellent. That night at about 3 a.m., they meet up at the edge of the forest. Jake suggests they morph into owls, and Cassie thinks to herself, that's perfect since owls are natural predators to skunks. Morphing into an owl might help me locate those baby skunks so I could save them later. And at this point, I'm just like, fuck you, Cassie. Yeah. Get your priorities straight. You're saving the world here. Yeah. Like, morals and compassion are a luxury for those who are not, like, at a war for their lives. Mm. I don't know. Like, her, her caring about these skunks so much really bothers me. Just a side quest that nobody needs. Right, but it's also like a side quest when there's like a countdown time left for your main quest. Yeah, fair enough. Tobias takes off, 
Ox can't really see at night, so he wouldn't be really useful right now. I think that's kind of maybe just how K's, he is in every yeah mission. K's way of being like, I don't really have anything for this character, so I'm just gonna. There are literally parts in One Piece where like the main character Luffy is like. Okay, I'm gonna nap now. I'm really tired after that fight and passes out for twelve <laughs> episodes. And I think that's just like so it's an easier way of Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of like keeping track of what the characters are doing. The Animorphs uh take off their clothes so that they're in just their morphing outfits. Once again, Marcos mentions really need some proper superhero uniforms. I really, really, really hope that happens at some point in time. <laughs> but Jake explains the plan. They're going to morph into owls, get close, but not too close, demorph back into humans, kind of army crawl the rest of the way, morph into termites, sneak under the force field, into the cabin through one of the holes in the wood. Very simple plan. Wait, so Nothing the force field is like, wrong. The force field is like just kind of hovering above ground. So the force field stops at like what it touches. So if there are like leaves or blades of grass, or in this case, pine cones... They could, like, crawl through it. Seems like a security flaw. Uh, yeah, and they're exploiting it. Exactly. So they morph into owls. Cassie talks about how her bones twisted, her internal organs yada, mix yada, around. Yada, yada, yada. Her eyes swell as if they're going to pop out of her skull. <sighs> While they fly towards the cabin, Cassie is also focusing on her little side mission. She's looking around for the baby skunks. I don't know what the fuck she thinks she's going to do. Like... Okay, she got the mama skunk morph. Can she nurse? Cassie, Will she nurse the skunks? Cassie's so fucking boring that there has to be a separate plot line for her to be interesting in this and like it's always big, stupid big main plot line. <laughs> but like, like could like I don't know like pregnancy and nursing aren't in DNA. Like, what if you acquired a pregnant woman morph? I'd be really upset. <laughs> I don't but, want to be pregnant. What would ha- no, but would you be? What, what would happen? Um, I would assume that you would... There are like cellular cellular level things, but it's not in your DNA. But it's only by DNA, right? If you acquire the baby's DNA at the same time. Oh, then you would be some co- sort of weird, freaky, Cronenberg, Chimera hybrid. You'd be Krang. Yeah, that would be so cool. <laughs> She says that as they're flying, Jake says that they're almost there, and she can hear the tension in his voice, even in thought speak. And that got me thinking about thought speak a little bit. I was going to say, that seems like uh, something that you are reading into. Well, so couldn't the Animorphs technically... So since, like, the Andalites can speak in English to them in thought speak, if they were morphed, couldn't they thought speak to someone who doesn't understand English, technically? Like, if there's someone who only speaks name a language. Swedish. Swedish. No, name a real language. (laughs) But they would be able to talk to that person, but the person couldn't talk back to them without morphing, right? Uh, probably Yeah, that would make sense. But, or is it a question of, like, there's, like, English... English sign language, and then there's American sign language. and No, no, because the Andalites can just use it to talk to anyone, and they hear it in English. So thought speak is like one universal language. Uh, yeah, I think. And then I'm like, well, wait, why not use thought speak to help with the war effort? Like, I'm like, okay, so I'm an Animorph. 
and I know this, I would like become a fly, hear me out, become a fly, go somewhere like a large crowd or like the UN building or something as a fly and just thought speak, hey, there are these aliens called Yurks who have taken over some people's brains. Maybe x-ray people's heads to see if there's Yurks in them. Locked your loved ones away for 72 hours and you'll know that they're safe. You know, like you could you could do that safely because people will be like, well, we all heard it. We don't know where it comes from. It must be aliens. Maybe it's true. Like, that's what I would do. Yeah, but that requires that you get that done in two-hour increments. Yeah. Morph outside the UN. Fly in. Hey, guys, there's the aliens called the Yerks. Check out my podcast for more information. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like, you know, like... Okay. I mean, I feel like that would cause mass hysteria and, like, just mass madness. But would that be worse than the slow extermination? I mean, I feel like a lot of people would just literally lose their minds because they'd be like, I'm hearing voices. But if they're all hearing the voice together... That would be confirmation that it's How not just them. Are you gonna are you if if you're hearing if you're like a normally mentally healthy person and then you start hearing voices, are you gonna start talking to your friends to be like, yo, did, are you hearing voices? I'm hearing voices. If I if I'm an animorph and I go to you, I go to a Taylor Swift concert, mm-hmm. land on Taylor's head, mm-hmm. and tell everyone about the Yerks. First of all, you would not get that close to Taylor, even if you were a fly, because but, tree like, pain. Everyone's would gonna kill stop. You. Everyone's gonna stop and react to it. Everyone's gonna be like, huh. Huh? And you'd be like, oh, you heard it? You heard it too? Yeah, but it's only Taylor would hear it because she's so far away from others. Because that there's distance limitations to the thought speed. Oh, that's true. She doesn't get up there with her fans, huh? No. No, she's just in that plane she's taking around all the time. Yeah, apparently. Is she going to make it to the Super Bowl? Who knows? <laughs> anyway, all the Animorphs land and start to demorph. Jake decides that one of the Animorphs will have to be a distraction to lead the controllers away well, the rest of them crawl closer so they could morph into termites near the force field. It sounds like a job for Tobias. Oh, wait. He's not there exactly. Jake ends up drawing the short straw, so he turns into a wolf and takes off. A bunch of controllers start chasing him and shooting at him. The rest of the team sneaks towards the force field. Now, you would think that not only because this is a brand new morph, but also because it is so close to that terrifying ant morph, that maybe they would have practiced it first that day. No. Or at least done that thing where they have Cassie try it out first. But no, this is the Animorphs. We never do that here. Idiot teenagers with a death wish. So they begin to morph into the termites. Cassie talks about feeling her teeth melt away and her bones dissolve as she shrinks down, down, down. Her vision went completely black which she said she was grateful for because then she didn't have to witness the rest of the morph. Okay. So she's She's literally there for the morph though. She's just not seeing seeing it. Exactly. She's less than a quarter inch long and she's got almost no sensory information. Just something that's kind of like smell from her antenna. She's waiting for that moment where the termite instincts kick in and she has to buck against them. But that moment never came. So what about the baby skunks? Well, that's on her radar for later. Okay. She, she's hoping she can come back to them. Okay. Like, now she knows where they are. She could come in her dad's new truck. I don't know. So Axe is confused. He's like, I don't feel any instincts coming back from these guys. It's like they're just machines. Chomp, chomp, chomp. Yeah. 
But they don't know which way to go, to go towards the cabin, towards the force field. But then Cassie's like, no, I have, I have a feeling I know which way to go. I'm being kind of drawn in a certain direction. Mark was like, yeah, I have that feeling too. It's almost like, like someone's calling for me from far away. Rachel's like, fuck it, let's go. <laughs> so they're in a forest and they're heading towards some wood. Well, they're heading towards something they feel called to. Right. Eventually, they come to the force field. They feel like the tingle of energy coming off of it. But, like I said earlier, there are areas where there's like little pine needles and things on the ground where the force field doesn't come quite all the way. It's like a like a force field shadow on the ground. So they make their way into the other side. Then, that sense of that voice that's calling to them becomes much, much stronger. Cassie notice her body seemed to be moving kind of all on its own. And Marco's like, whoa, what are we doing? I'm, I'm not really, I'm moving, but I'm not really controlling it. Did they press cruise control on the wheel? Kind of, right? They enter a hole in the wall, and Cassie felt... What? It... <laughs> what? A hole in the wall. What? Like, it sounds like they went to like a, oh, uh, yeah, like yeah. a little dive Enter a hole in the wall. Order a couple beers. No, yeah. that's good, yeah. They enter a hole in the wall, and... Cassie said she had this weird warm feeling like she was returning home. Soldier termites were there, but they inspected them with their antenna and let them pass because, hey, they're from our colony. There's no problem, which is good. Cassie found herself rushing down one of the tunnels, and she began eating some of the wood pulp that was regurgitated by one of the worker termites. Ew. Right, and there's something inside that was almost like like messages, instructions, in the form of hormones and chemicals in the food. She got these instructions, and without even thinking about it, her body just goes down one of the long hallways. She asks herself, what am I doing? I'm asking the same thing. And she hears a voice in her head that's like, no, stop, let me go, I don't want to do this. But she still turns down the tunnels, going past other workers, feeling compelled to continue to go this way. So it's as if they turn themselves into yurks or controllers, sort of. Oh, yeah, I could see that almost. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like being puppeted almost. Yeah. But then she realized who that voice was coming from, that no, stop, what am I doing, let me go. It was her own voice. Yeah. She screamed and came too. And she had a similar sense of that, that rebirth like they did. When they came from the from the the ant instincts, mm-hmm. uh, again she screams, and even though her mind is now fully in the driver's seat, she has no control over the termite's body. She's being completely maybe, controlled by hormones. So, maybe they should have tried this morph out before they started this mission. Yep. Well, when they enter a corridor, they find a large chamber. And they see what is controlling them. A small little head with a huge body the size of a blimp that's covered in tiny, sticky eggs everywhere. It's the Termite Queen. They were standing in front of the Termite Queen, being completely controlled by her, surrounded by her slaves, blind, tiny, and vulnerable. And that's where we will pick up next week. And that is where we will end this episode. God, what do you think? Cassie POVs are so boring. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
What do you mean boring? She's being the... controlled by the termite queen. <sighs> the mystery with the the logging operation. You got the. You know, where did they get their permits, Shawnee? Where did they get their permits? That is the most Cassie question on the planet. No, the most Cassie question on the planet is how can I help these little defenseless baby skunks? Ugh. Yeah. I don't like her. <laughs> I look forward to termite job of the hut for next week. Yes, yes, excellent. Well, Shawnee, thank you for joining me again this week. And thank you to all the listeners. You can follow us on Instagram at CircleYurk and email us at CircleYurk at Gmail with any questions, comments, and bingo card suggestions. Nope. Oh, that's already done? Not taking any more. Okay. They are done. We are having them next week. Okay. (laughs) As always, uh, thank you to anyone who is sending emails with memes jokes art stories thoughts of the episode please continue to email us especially if your name is jesse thorne this will (laughs) thanks to valid turning pages design for your amazing graphics and logos special thanks to benedict cupstis for our theme song please check him out at fieldguides.bandcamp.com until next week peace bye